0: I'd like to thank Michael, I believe this was your first time ever leading singing, and great job, great job. And I'd like to thank all the young men, great job in leading us in our service today. It's kind of scary getting up here, so I appreciate uh, you preparing and coming up to lead us. As was mentioned, uh, this is family worship. And we'll do this once a quarter, and we're going to start having things like barbecue. We really want to come together as a church family. It's important that we spend more time together. Today we're talking about God of the underdogs. How many of you like being an underdog? It's not fun, is it? But in the Bible, in 1 Samuel, we read a great story about the underdog. The Israelites once again were in trouble. They were getting ready to go to war with the Philistines. The Israelites were on one hill, and the Philistines were on another. And at that point, this large giant of a man, a soldier by the name of Goliath, came down into the valley, and he challenged the Israelites. The deal was he wanted to take on only one soldier, best against best. And if the Philistine defeated the Israelites, if Goliath won, the Israelites would forfeit and fall under command of the Philistines. However, if the the Israelite could be Goliath, then the Israelites would win and defeat the Philistines. This made the Israelites very nervous. There wasn't anyone that was willing to stand up to the plate. Goliath would come out each day, go to the valley, ready to take someone on. And the king Saul and all the soldiers would hide because they weren't brave enough. They didn't think they could accomplish defeating Goliath. Until one day, a young shepherd by the name of David stepped up to the plate and convinced Saul to let him fight. Can you imagine this large giant, a trained killer versus a young boy that takes care of sheep, not trained on how to be a soldier? This is the true story of strength versus weakness. In fact, this story is still used today, isn't it? You could hear it in sports, politics, or business. This is a David versus Goliath moment. Strength versus weakness, big versus small, powerful versus weak. We still use this today. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to pick up the story in verse 45. David said to the Philistine, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. David was definitely the underdog, but he was God's underdog. He reached into his bag and he took out a stone, placed it in the sling, and slung it at Goliath. And when it hit Goliath right in the forehead, he fell and he was killed. The underdog won. David won. The Israelites were victorious. It's a true underdog story. God supports the underdogs. Let's look at the story of Gideon. God looked at them and he had 32,000 soldiers They were probably still the underdog against the media mites. But God asked him to reduce it down to 300. That's where God wanted it. Now they truly were the underdogs. And we know the story. They were victorious because God was on their side. Sometimes God likes to do the impossible. Sometimes God likes to work through us. Sometimes God likes to work through weakness. If we look at all the all-stars in the Bible, they were really underdogs. They were defeated at times. Yet we call them all-stars because through God, they had victory at some point. Through God, they became stronger. So they're all-stars We can move the slide now. Sorry, we're having difficulties with this. But it's hard to be the underdog. Cole, Cole plays basketball. Do you like being the underdog? You don't like that, do you? Sometimes it's really hard. Have you ever felt like an underdog in your life? Have you ever felt less than? Maybe at work you get passed over for promotions. Maybe you have a hard time keeping up and you're wondering, why is everyone else doing so well? Why can't I keep up? Why am I the underdog? For the younger children, maybe it's in school. Maybe it's with tests. You're having a hard time keeping up. You don't understand how everyone else is doing so well and getting A's and you're struggling just to get by. Maybe it's in relationships where you feel like you're the underdog. Or maybe it's in your Christian walk. Have you ever felt like an underdog? You see everyone else doing so well, yet you might be struggling. You might be falling away, and you wonder, why do I keep messing up? Why isn't it easy for me? Why do some people have it so easy in life, and I battle for everything I do? It can be tough to be the underdog, There was a study done, and I really like seeing this. It was a study that had to do with all competitions, sports, business, promotions, getting contracts, wars. And in this, they found that 71.5% of the time, the stronger side wins. And that seems right, right? The, The biggest, the strongest, the smartest, the richest... 71.5% of the time, they will win. The weaker side, the underdog, will win 28.5% of the time. In sports, you call that luck, right? Even the San Francisco Giants are going to win 28.5% of the time. (laughs) Maybe a little bit more, but it happens. But I want want us to look at this note. This is what really impressed me. 63.5% of the time, the underdog prevails when there is a strong purpose. When you're passionate about something, when you're inspired, when you're motivated, you'll do better. And when we look at David, he was inspired. God was his purpose. It was because of God being his purpose that he was able to overcome adversity. And that's where we need to be in our lives. We need to handle adversity. When we're the underdog, we need to be inspired. We need to have a purpose. In Romans 8.31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. God is on our side. If we are in him, if he is our foundation and our support, God is always with us. So as the underdog, we need to have confidence. We need to believe that we can overcome. We need to be strong. We need to hold our heads up high. But unfortunately, sometimes we face failure, don't we? Sometimes we don't win. I would like to say, um, as Christians and as people that believe in God, we'll always get the promotion. And life will always be easy. And we'll always be healthy. And we'll always win. But that's not the case, is it? Even God's football team, the Dallas Cowboys lose some games. I wanted to throw that in for you, Glenn. There we go. All right. <laughs> and we can look at all stars in the Bible. You can look at Moses, David, Abraham, Peter, and Paul. They had key failures in their life, they didn't win all the time, they got knocked down, right? They lost some key battles. And I really like how Paul put it. We're going to look at Paul for a moment because I think he handled adversity better than anyone. We could really take some examples from his life. So, if we could change the slide one more time. There we go. Number one, hardship is temporary and has purpose. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, it says, For our light... And momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal we need to put life in perspective right we need to take on hardships hardships will make us strong but we need to remember that it's temporary. Think about your life. How many hardships have you had in your life? How many times have you lost? How many times have you been the underdog? Yet life goes on, doesn't it? And more important than that is, even with all of our troubles on earth, where are we headed? We're on a journey to heaven, right? Eternal life. And when you put things in perspective, it can make our challenges seem rather small, rather tiny. Just a problem for today. There's greater things ahead. Number two, if we can move to number two, there we go. God will show his strength through our weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says it really well, but I have struggles with this. I don't like to lose. I don't like to be weak. I don't like people that make fun of me. Yet, he's saying when we're weak, we're strong. Don't we get stronger when we go through adversity? It's the adversity that helps us appreciate the success. We learn through adversity. We also tend to rely on God more through weakness and adversity, don't we? It's not all about us. It's about God, our Heavenly Father, and what he can do to strengthen us, how we can grow. And it's the journey. And we should have joy when we're the underdogs. We should have joy when we go through adversity because through weakness comes strength. Point number three, you will grow in Christ's likeness when God is in the picture. Romans 8, 28-30. And we, when we know Our purpose needs to be in our Heavenly Father. Our purpose needs to be in Jesus Christ. We need to grow in the likeness of him. If we want to be strong, if we want to grow, if we want to handle adversity, just like David, God needs to be our purpose in all that we do. But I want to change the narrative a little bit. Through the eyes of the beholder, Sometimes it's other people's perceptions of us. Sometimes it's them calling us the underdog. Sometimes it's others underestimating us. Sometimes it's others underestimating Christians and God. I think a great example of this is Jesus. Jesus could have come down to earth in a a chariot with fire blazing out of it, 10,000 angels. He could have come down as a grown man that looked like Samson and could have conquered everyone. He could have come down in an amazing way. But he came down in a very humble way. In many ways, he was set up as the underdog. He came up as a baby, helpless. Couldn't take care of himself. And he was born in a barn, laying in a manger. That's not a great entry into the world. That could make him look a little weak. And then, as he started his ministry, we know he went out into the wilderness and he fasted. And there he was weak, he was hungry, he was tired. And Satan saw him as an underdog. Satan took this moment to attack. Just like with Job, Satan saw Job as an underdog. Satan saw Jesus as an underdog and tried to get Jesus to turn his back on his heavenly father. Satan's perception was off. Is it sometimes off with us? And then with Jesus, he continued to show miracles, showed his strength there. But you want to talk about changing perceptions. As he was going into Jerusalem, we think about Palm Sunday, the palms on the ground, Jesus walking through on a donkey, the triumphant entry. Everybody loved him. Everyone's cheering. And so quickly, they turned their backs and they wanted to kill him. Jesus was the underdog. He looked weak. And they beat him. And he looked weak. He was so weak that he couldn't even carry his own cross. And then he died. He didn't look very strong then. Think about the perception. Think about what people thought about God, how weak God must be. His son couldn't even take on the soldiers. His son was defeated. His son died. But we know at that point there was darkness. We know that there was a huge earthquake... The the veil of the temple split down the middle. Dead people started rising up and walking around. And then we see that when Jesus is in the tomb, he conquers death, and he walks again. That showed his strength, right? That was his victory. But others didn't see him as strong. I wonder what they were thinking at that point. He turned things around. He was the Almighty. And I have to tell you, we're going to talk about us for a moment. I believe God is starting to be seen as the underdog. I'm afraid that Christians are being seen as the underdog. There was a study here in the United States. It's been done every year for the past 80 years. And for the first time in 80 years, Christians are now the minority. There are now more people that don't believe in God in the United States of America than do. And I would say California, the numbers are even greater. We are perceived as weak. God is perceived among many as non-existent or weak. How are we going to let God work in our lives to turn that narrative around? How are we going to allow God to work through us to accomplish amazing things? And I hope we stand up to the plate like David. I hope we don't run like the Israelites did and hide. I hope we're willing to stand up and share that message of how amazing our God is. It's tough to be the underdog. And if we're not careful that could bring us down. But we need to remain strong. We need to have our purpose. We need to let God work through us. And we need to know it's okay if we fail, because through God, he'll make our weaknesses our strengths, and we'll be okay. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe we are the underdogs, and I think that's okay. I think we need to keep battling and use God as our purpose, because the one thing we know, we've read the story, and we know that the underdogs are victorious in the end. The underdogs win. If you haven't been baptized, You might not have victory. You need to take on Christ in baptism. I want you to be on the right side. Let the angels rejoice for you. We're going to have a baptism today. And the angels will be rejoicing. So come forward. If you haven't been baptized, don't leave without that happening. There's no guarantees that you'll be okay by next week. Put God first. If you're having a hard time in your life, if you're struggling, if you're an underdog and it's weighing you down, if you can't seem to get out of a rut, come forward. Let your brothers and sisters pray for you. It's important that we go through life together because we have an amazing God, and one day we all want to be with him in heaven. Let's stand and sing the invitation song.